0: are we not recording this
1: because i don't want fucking this chat in the fucking i mean i don't i don't want to start the episode pissed off i'm still pissed off though i thought that that would make me feel better but just, i'm still at the same level of angry
2: mm. i haven't mm-hmm. drank
1: any of the monster that's the problem yeah you, you get a type
2: hyped. monster nave. that's all you need
1: yeah i mean i've already drank a monster today Maybe I'll have a stroke.
2: <laughs> another, one will, another one will hurt you. Another one can't possibly hurt you.
1: Yeah. Oh, I, I saw this video on Twitter of somebody passing a kidney stone. <laughs> Fuck. And so I'm definitely oh God, looking man. forward to that, dude. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that.
0: <laughs> pain. Absolute pain.
1: It was terrible. And then I went on a rabbit hole of like people talking about kidney stones. I'm like, it can't possibly be this bad every time.
0: Don't worry, guys. I found a bunch of icebreaker questions to help us get in the podcasting move. Hell yeah. So let's go with this first one. What's the best advice you've ever heard? Just like in general, I guess. Best advice? <laughs> I mean, I'll heard. take this one, I guess. So yeah, uh, best for advice for I ever for heard for was for when my dad told me growing up, "Philip, clean your room," and it never led me astray.
1: Thanks, Jordan Peterson.
2: Yep. Does it? Does it? Does cleaning your room actually help you? You would say, like, does it, does it get you centered for your day? Is that is that how it works?
1: Cleaning legitimately makes you feel better. Yeah, like yeah. if when I start getting like unbelievably depressed, that's usually what I that's my backup plan
2: is to clean. i like, if this it's doesn't work,
1: I'm just going to swan dive out of my window. It'll be fine. <laughs> so it's a win win.
2: Yeah, absolutely. But
1: I always feel better after I clean.
0: Well, oh, do you have a good advice? Does anyone give you any good sage advice besides don't drink energy drinks?
1: No, I didn't have parents. Uh, it was really funny when <laughs> I was watching the Xbox showcase in the Star Starfield showcase they were going through a lot of the different backgrounds and one of them was you could have parents that you go back and they give you gifts and stuff like that. Oh I'm like, oh my god, it's a real fantasy game.
0: This is the dream. So stupid. <laughs> I have parents and they're together?
1: Oh my, and they're happy to see me? Holy yeah. shit.
2: Yeah, it's the ultimate fantasy. I love oh, that th- that in there.
1: Dude, they were so proud of you too. I was just like, I want this game. I might pre-order the deluxe edition now for the
2: early access. I, I already got the collector's edition with the with the watch
0: yeah Yeah. oh you be sure to mention that in the what did you buy section fuck
2: you're right (laughs) yeah um, it won't
0: bully you there that's true that's true i
2: you know okay so the best advice or some really good advice that i ever had was kind of um just making sure that you never get comfortable I think that was something that that has stuck with me for a long time and is part of like, you know, not to, not to take it too seriously because we like to have fun on the Gaming Together podcast. But I, I think like something that I always incorporate into my own personal um, mentality and just like my day to day life is that I am never satisfied or just never, never comfortable and complacent with where I am in life. I'm always like looking onto the next thing. I'm always looking to see like, how can I make this thing better? How can I improve this? And in some aspects, in some facets of my life, that can necessarily, that isn't necessarily the best thing to do, especially when it comes to relationships. Like, yeah, you have to improve relationships and you have to like work on it. But like relationships aren't necessarily about constant progression. (laughs) Um, But I would say that in terms of just the way that I try to approach both like, content and you know my professional life and um just just my artistic endeavors in general even gaming is that like as long as you're pushing the boundaries on whatever your comfort zone is as long as you're like doing some like i would have never thought maybe five or six years ago that i would be regularly getting in front of the mic and doing shows like this like i never would have thought i i would do that but it's it's just not being scared to put yourself in a very uncomfortable place to see how it lands with you. And if you're like, oh, that was fucking awful. I'm never doing that again. Then that's, that's fine. But like, also you'll find, you find out really interesting things about yourself when you constantly push yourself. And I like to, I like to live by that mentality. It's pretty good.
1: I like how, I like you how you're like, I'm, I'm not going to make it serious. And I was, what <laughs> yeah. I, the first thing that I was going to say was so dower that i was like i immediately pivoted to a fucking joke about starfield i was like i can't fucking say this
0: i like the the no fear mentality like that always makes one of my favorite little like quotes that i always say to my kids in yeah. uh in avatar of airbender not blue people yeah. uh there's a moment in like the second episode where Sokka's is training the village children and the mm-hmm. fire nation shows up and he's like time to battle and the children yell show no fear or something like that and i'm like that's perfect and now that's what i always yell at my kids when anytime they're doing anything anytime it's like usually you gotta be like oh be careful you gotta be like show no fear
2: show no
0: fear yeah
2: it's like it's all about because the thing is is that nine times out of ten when it comes to just navigating life and doing shit whether it's like putting yourself out there creatively getting behind a camera getting behind a microphone or like speaking in public in front of other people or taking on a project that you think is really daunting and that is way too far outside the scope of what your little brain can comprehend, chances are is that what we do as human beings is we blow it up, we conflate it into this huge like unknowable task because it's scary and we haven't done it before. When the reality is, is if you just break it down, you listen to your teachers, you cut it up into little bits and then you just like work on it slowly and progressively, then most most anything that you can try is pretty manageable so yeah i love that
0: yeah. i love that show no fear are you guys feeling ice broken and warmed up absolutely how are you feel feeling like Nate? The same. can oh, you can, the same. Sorry, can Nate.
2: you shotgun that energy drink for me
1: no i actually really don't want
2: this that's fair
1: <laughs> i t- i drank a, a sip and i my body was like oh no no
2: <laughs> are you are you sleep deprived are you running on any are you running on low sleep I
1: literally just woke up.
2: Oh, great! Okay, that's at, good. At, like
1: at like three thirty, Philip was like, "Hey, one quarter to six. and then he said a whole bunch of other words, and I was like, "Yes," and I just went to sleep right yeah, away. God.
0: Nice. You are killing me with that knave.
1: I'm so <laughs> tired, dude. I don't I know. know if I. I don't know if I have like fucking leukemia or something, but like, <laughs> Jesus,
0: have you been taking your iron supplements?
1: No. No. You should do that. I'm not. A, I'm you not a do pussy. Is oh
0: that my totally god!
2: Prescribed your iron supplements by a physician
0: <laughs> dude iron supplements are apparently no joke like whenever yeah. we were in basic training uh all the female trainees were given uh iron supplements because apparently they're more likely to pass out during the training and i'm like that's really strange but yeah, the really thing women need yeah what
1: are you trying to say about me then
0: I don't <laughs> I everybody's decided. different <laughs> Hello and welcome to Gaming Together, a discussion series for handsome slash beautiful people. Video games, much like other forms of media, such as books and movies, have endless depths that can only be truly understood through years of study and dedication. But, my dear listener at home, you have already taken your first step towards complete enlightenment by listening to this show. Now, let's introduce our host. I am Dr. Philip Beatty. I receive my doctorate in video games at the Gaming Together University for my work on Powerwash Simulator and Hard Space Shipbreaker. We're 100% of both titles, and it is my honor to introduce my esteemed colleague, Dr. Austin Knave.
1: Hello. It's weird Dr. hearing Philip say my first name.
0: <laughs> Dr. Knave, where did you earn your doctorate again?
1: Uh, the 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 University of Eton Pussy.
0: All right. <laughs> nice.
2: I don't know what's going on.
0: Let me introduce my other colleague, Dr. Nick Nicholas Falkery. Yeah. how do you say that almost got there
2: uh, my name is dr nicholas Fakori. oh like fa and then Corey at the end of it yeah i, I completed oh, fucking my...
1: philip gaslit me into thinking there was an l in there there's a lot of straight up and down letters
2: yeah there's, yeah there's a lot there's a lot of that going on but yeah i completed my doctoral thesis in video game design creative writing and narrative direction at the fngc school of creative arts i platinumed every single insomniac game i've ever owned Plus, I beat Ornstein and Smog in Dark Souls 1. And Sephiroth in Kingdom
0: Hearts 2. First try. First try. Incredible. Can you guys
1: write this down somewhere?
0: Dr. Nave, I actually found your thesis right here. You got a million points on Freebird in Guitar Hero 2.
1: Yes, that was my thesis. Is that what you said? I don't know anything (laughs) about school either. (laughs) Philip's literally just fucking throwing me to the wolves right now. Did you tell him (laughs) to write something and didn't tell me to write something?
2: (laughs) He did. He did.
1: Awesome.
0: What? No! Physically! Oh, go Pull up your Discord, oh, scroll please. back. If you look...
2: I thought you were DMing me, Philip, No, did put I, it in I put it chat.
0: in the Piss Oreos chat, which is <laughs> in the name of our group chat. <laughs> <laughs> Was that because of, like, Glitch Busters? Because they look like little Piss Oreos? I don't remember why I named it that, but I, I think I named that one.
1: I don't know what the fuck's going on, man. Yeah, it's no, I think I renamed
0: it for Glitch Busters. Which, I dear listener... To get out of all these. This is not... A traditional Gaming Together episode. This is the Gaming Together discussion series for handsome slash beautiful people. As you can tell by the different intro.
1: G-T-D-S-H-B-P for short.
0: Yes. (laughs) So we actually are having problems this summer, like getting through all our games, like kids are out of school, Arthur's running around, it's really hard for me to sit down and actually play some games. So we're going to be trying to do like little breaks in between full titles. I'm hoping this way we can get some meatier games done, because a lot of our games have been fast and dirty. I want to get back to gaming together roots where we'd pound out a 40 hour game of Solasta if we needed to
1: yeah fast and dirty is an interesting way to say they fucking suck we've been playing, playing a lot of shitty yeah, games we were playing bad games we're starting to take morale hits i'm i'm notoriously the i don't fucking care anymore and i'll just stop playing so that's a little bit of a morale hit for philip because well, now he has it. to suffer alone
2: that, never say that nave remember
0: don't get comfortable <laughs> yeah <laughs> never be comfortable and clean your room <laughs> which we are going to be talking about open world games but before we get there, let's just check in what we've been playing this week. Yeah. Nave, what have you been playing?
1: Really nothing. I'm playing Cookie Clicker still, still,
2: constantly. I see, I see this man on Discord, and every time I look at his name under, it's just Cookie Clicker every single cookie time. Cookie Clicker. Yeah, it's I'm just changed his username.
1: I think I'm on the 400th hour now of idling this game, and uh, I just unlocked. What are these things called? I just unlocked the Wrinklers.
0: Oh, nice! The, Is that this Alien the Macaroons?
1: It's the alien race that have been summoned by my grandmas after they became a hive mind. And now they are eating my cookies. Uh, But if I kill them, they spawn more cookies. Like all the cookies in their belly. They're like producing cookies in their belly too. Oh, okay. They were summoned by the grandmothers who who obviously cook cookies, right? So these guys cook cookies too. I don't know. I had to Google all of this, so Anything, I had the
2: besides, uh, cookie clickers.
1: No, I played no. a little bit of Diablo, but I've mostly been sleeping and drinking, partying. I'm having a weird, I'm having a weird time right now.
0: Living the dream? That's a dream for some.
1: Yeah, some people think it's a dream. I'm just <laughs> tired.
2: <laughs> all right, then, Nick, what about you? What have you been playing? yeah so you know I can't say that I've been playing anything more than Diablo Four or Legend of Zelda Tears of the kingdom uh I've talked about that like last time I was on your show I'm much farther in Diablo now I obviously i I just finished uh Act two where you beat this like demon that's connected to like a main character it's it, you beat demons in the game yeah it, it yeah, yeah. Cool. but the setup and the way that they kind of like tie little story pieces together is pretty cool and plus it's like they're weaving this very interesting tale in my mind where everything is very kind of light and shallow like you don't have to spend too much time thinking about like they don't use a ton of proper nouns in this game compared to a lot of other fantasy games that are of the like you know i mean i imagine solasta probably threw a bunch of bullshit at you while you were trying to like oh yeah. build world building and stuff diablo kind of saves you from that because m- so much of it kind of just relies on interactive dialogue like for example you walk up to this dude who's sitting next to a health pot in the main town kyobestad and he's like i've found another boy on my hand that makes 17 so far and it's, it's very simple stuff like that when you're talking to npcs and even like similar stuff when it goes into side missions now i will say the side story side quests and diablo are really really cool some of them are like go to this dungeon kill everything get out of there bring back a hell thing and some of it is actually narrative based like there's one in the very beginning where you talk to this woman in town and she's like oh my husband's been missing he's never been out this long will you go look for him in the whispering woods or whatever the fuck they call it in oh this yeah
0: game. i remember and this one
2: you find him and you find him next to this woman and he's like chained up to these like metal rocks and he's been basically like flayed and it's like fucked up but he's still alive and she was like I won't let you stop me it turns out she's a succubus and so you have to murder her and then like you go back and the wife and like the dude like when you find him he still has his consciousness but he doesn't regret shit because he got like basically I don't know torture trapped or whatever I don't I don't know what it was it was, it was very interesting but it was uh, go play that go play Diablo 4 it's awesome continuing uh, Tears of the Kingdom I just am in the middle of the zora main storyline basically where you meet prince sidon and you have to do everything and getting very close to the water temple i have like a couple of things before i get into the water temple that's still been very good um but other than that like i was really really hoping that i could get on here get on a couple of other shows next time and say that i've been playing other games i just i just haven't had that much time to do that recently but i I did just get in my rog ally and i'm thinking about like doing some benchmark testing with it and just like messing around with it. So I was thinking I'm going to try and get deeper into Cyberpunk since you, since you can play your Steam library on there and play like, you know, see what Cyberpunk handheld looks like and see if it can. Obviously, it's not going to look as good as it. I'm playing on my desktop, but I think it like they've said stuff like it's supposed to be comparable uh, when you are in that state. So I'm excited to try that out. I have a plan because July, not a lot of big stuff is coming out in July. So my plan is, is that July is going to be my intensive Xbox Game Pass Indie Month. So I want to run through a bunch of quick ones. I ha- I started Signalis at Nave's recommendation. I put that on hold. Um, I have Citizen Sleeper from our good friend Dave Jackson. He recommended that. And he also did a show on it, and I've been dying to play that. Um, and both of those are relatively short. I have Coffee Talk. I have like five hours in Coffee Talk 1. And I'm thinking like if I just, you know, manage my time. You're almost done family. then. Yeah, right? yeah. See, I, I maybe I don't know. I like I've met like the cop and a couple of other people that came in there, and I'm trying out different drinks. So it, it's it's not super deep into it, but it's like over like the very beginning part. So maybe Did if you i put in like, the cop's coffee, yeah, like yeah, because
0: exactly. fuck twelve. Did you give um, him milk because he's lactose intolerant? <laughs>
2: no i didn't do that make him poop his that. pants i'm trying i'm trying to be a nice guy in video games but oh, I, have that. I, lame. Rush. I didn't finish hi-fi rush and then i started pentiment i'm nearly done with pentiment so like literally if i do all of those games i mean that's that sounds like a lot. It's a lot of games it's a lot of games however they're all like anywhere from five to ten hour games so if i like prioritize weekends and all that stuff and i beat tears of the kingdom and diablo 4 this month then i can be like Nick is gonna have a fun backlog month, so there's that.
1: Yeah, it's a big if.
2: Yeah,
0: (laughs) Yeah. Starspawn actually doing it. It's like if if I can
1: beat these two really fucking long and awesome games. (laughs) Yeah,
0: (laughs) I'm gonna golden path it,
2: like, because both of those games are like they have so much shit baked into it in terms of side content that I feel like that if I just golden path it in both cases. I can just periodically like pop back in. I'll oh, let me play some more Diablo. Oh, I don't have anything to do. Let me just run around in in Hyrule again, tears of the kingdom, see if I can get this armor or some shit.
0: Well, uh, let's see. What is it? The, is there a master quest in TOTK? Like a master sword thing no, or like or in, miles? in breath of the wild, there was like a master quest version where it was just like the same game, but all the enemies are tiered up like an extra tier. If there that is, I'm not
2: playing that. I, if there I mean, is i just i absolutely won't do that
0: it's like <laughs> oh what if we just made the game harder, harder overall <laughs> yeah it's like as you're as the same level hard. but all the enemies are now harder
2: exactly like i'm i'm running around and i have like maybe 10 to 12 hearts and i'm still getting like fucking mobbed on by a strong do so much damage
0: when they hit <laughs> yeah. you if you don't yeah. have any like uh defense up items or anything yeah, he just like almost one hit you many times. Have you been playing it as well, Philip? No, I've just seen like clips of people just getting wrecked by yeah. uh, okay. like the the I forgot what they're called horse boys. Oh, the Lionel's, yeah, yeah, Lionel's. Yeah, they do heavy damage, heavy heavy
2: damage for sure. How, How about, about you yourself, Phil?
0: Oh, I've just been playing basically the same thing: Fire Emblem Advanced Burning Blade. It's really good. I completed Lynn's her first chapter, I guess, okay, where nice. she she makes it to Granddad. And now I'm hanging out with the boys, the boys on the road. I don't remember yeah. their names. Idris and Alba. Uh, they walk around and I don't even know what they're doing. He's like trying to find his dad that's lost in the woods or something. But there's a bunch of nobles doing stuff. There's a lot of reading. I almost don't want to do the reading. I just want to do the tactics.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no, that's but, fair. I, I mean, there there is a lot of reading, but that's the main draw of those earlier games because the writing they didn't have I mean like the tactical part of it is like still baked into it and it's still part of the experience, but the the writing for me in like Blazing Blade and Um Sacred Stones was just on such another level than like the last engage. I don't know how you felt about the narrative in Engage Nave, but it's like classical, like tropey anime bullshit for the most part compared to three houses, <laughs> which was like this very much like George Martin esque epic, you know?
1: Yeah, I I played it for about thirty minutes.
2: No, I was like, this, is this is pretty good. I thought you played a little bit longer, Nave. But that's okay. Yeah, yeah
1: I, I not... also only played Tears of the Kingdom for about 30 minutes. And
0: oh, oh. Dave. Shit. I have Damn. too many games. But I'm liking how I am playing with like new characters, but more of my old characters are showing up. So it's like I'm a new I'm a new shepherd or new commander, but I'm running into the same old guys. Where it's like, hey, here's the the same character's got the same stats and stuff like that. I'm like, welcome to the team. You know, like I missed you because you had like a throwing axe, whereas like for a while there just had like a normal axe guy. Hey, if you ever get into uh, some retro gaming, you need to play this one. I bet there's a remake. Probably.
1: I'm pretty sure I did play that one, dude. Oh, you did? When I was younger, it was on the Game Boy Advance, right? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely played it then. It's I good. Just, I didn't read anything. I was just just fucking skipping through boop. it all. I'm pretty
2: sure I beat it.
0: I like the thing. permadeath, too. It but makes know, everything it really through. sweaty.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So you're like, oh, no, I can't move this unit here. Oh, no, I can't bear to lose. Well, you get attached to your characters. I, I get attached to my characters. And so I was like, yeah, can't bear to lose the...
0: Dude, some cool. of them are terrible. Like, I have this one, Archer Lady. I don't know her name, but she's just bad. She has, like, I don't know if she just gets bad rolls, because the the level-ups are randomized, too. So it's like a Pokemon level-up, where you're like, oh, man, I only gained one health and, like, one special defense. That was a bad level-up. But then it's like, yeah. she levels up, and I'm like, she has 14 health. She can get one hit by, like, an axe guy if he just runs out of the woods and cracks her in the head. I'm yeah. Like, I,
1: yeah. I hate her name is Lego Lass.
0: That might be it. But there's that, and I've been playing Rise, Son of Rome. Have you guys played this one? Fuck yeah, dude. I fucking love this game. I
2: just played this last year. I beat it in like a week, and it's super short because it's sure. kind of like, it's a It's a proof-of-concept game. It's a tech it's demo. Like yeah. The Xbox One proof-of-concept tech demo thing, but it's fucking amazing. And I'm very sad that Xbox was like, you're not going to make another game in this universe because... I'm here for it. Like I want to destroy bandits as like a Roman centurion. I don't know why that's, they didn't yeah. try again.
1: It's so weird that you're playing that because I I think last month just picked it up and randomly started playing it again. Trying to I tried to pick up my save because I'm on like the second to last chapter and of course that's like the game is like as ramped up in the combat as it can possibly be. And I fought three guys at once and died like four times yeah. and I was like I can't do this. Yeah, it's I, like I had to I forgot about this
0: fight. Guy. Because I picked up this game multiple times too. And I'm like, I don't remember how to play. But I mean, the reason I picked it up, Nave, is because it has a co op mode that you've mentioned before. Ooh.
1: Yeah. And I was, and it's like, this could be an easy, easy game though, for right? us to play because we can do the co op for like, you know, it's like a wave based thing, play it one time. Right. And then, but I, it's like, I would want to talk about the story of the game.
0: But you better and, start playing it.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I tried to play it and I was like, never mind. I want I want to play Cookie Clicker. I wasn't playing <laughs> no. Cookie Clicker at this point. I'm but like, I was playing something
0: else. I'm thinking I'm like 3 levels from the end and the story is actually quite simple. It's just I don't know, it's mostly just like I don't know how to describe big like you men? just go to set paces, like big men, like you're like, "Oh, now we're going to go fight people in uh uh like Norse people or something like that or not Norse. They're like druids really because they have like helmets and deer horns and stuff like that. I don't know, cool. it's pretty cool. It's cool. It's cool stuff. Great, great visual design. Great cutscenes. My problem is, though, quick resume does not work very well with it. It crashes a lot. I've had it crash on me, like, multiple times. I mean... What the fuck is the problem with this game? With, like,
1: like, I... When I turned it on, it literally took, like, 15 minutes to load up the first level. Oh, dude,
0: the loads are so long. I was
1: like, I am running on an SSD right now. There's absolutely no... I haven't seen a loading screen longer than four seconds in quite a while so sitting through a 15 minute loading screen well after that it was nothing like every time you die you'd instantly pop back in so i'm like what did it load the
2: entire no, fucking that's game? just it
0: is i think did you load into a level you were already like on yeah it it was was in was the it- middle of a level okay if you're the middle of a level it's really long but if you go to the start of a level it was really fast for me so i don't know if it's just like it's simulating combat for all the time and through the level up to that point or something i don't know
1: i don't know that was super strange though for me it might be something like that like those are like cached spots like the begins at oh, beginnings yeah. of each chapter
2: mm, I, like uh, I, I didn't run into this problem on my end um i I, I, but again, like my, my question is though, do you know if like quick resume works on older gen titles like six the 360 games they have in the Xbox Game Pass? Some, Hyper, some, some of it them will are.
0: work depending on if you play another game in between or not. Like, okay, it'll just like keep the game running on um, like a 360 title. Like, I know it worked with Final Fantasy 13, where I was able to pop back into it if I didn't like go out, which thank God, because those menus and loading screens were also kind of janky. Yeah. But besides that, that's all I've been playing. Uh, I have not picked up Diablo anymore for some reason. Just haven't gotten to it. But my backlog buster, I completed my 47th game this year. And I feel like I'm running out of time since we're on month six at this point. Planet I mean, of gosh, Lana.
2: I to see, you know, finish three more this week and you're, you're, on, you're on a course. Yeah. <laughs>
0: have you guys seen Planet of Lana?
2: I actually nope. have this in my Game Pass library. And uh, I don't know if you guys, I think somebody worked with them recently that i spoke to but uh i i saw the review on instagram that the guys from the offshore game cast did and i was like oh this is neat and then i saw it and then i saw the how long to beat, and it's like what like five hours or something like Dude, that. it took
0: me six hours to beat this game it was not yeah.
2: long yeah so i was like this is another one another one for nick's yeah. short game pass indie backlog yeah,
0: well this is a, another know. insider limbo so yeah. i mean if you like Children in uh, dangerous situations. It's another one of those. I love that. I, I, mm, delicious. Let me eat it
2: up.
1: It just (laughs) seems like such a waste at this point. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, what did it do anything profound? Or was it just pretty?
0: It was just pretty, but I figured. No spoilers. There is an emotional point where a character dies and I teared up. So it's just emotion. Like emotion fodder at this point. If like, you want
1: like to a- have emotional deaths, just keep playing Fire Emblem.
0: I know, probably. And that's
1: a fun game.
0: I probably yeah, I mean you're not wrong, because the gameplay just got awful. I'm so tired of slow plotting. I, stealth I know, games.
1: we talk about it. That's why I'm like Nick is like blindsided by this, but I've heard I've been hearing from Philip like oh, it's another one of these. And I'm just like, why yeah. are you doing this to yourself? Dude,
0: it's weird because you spend so much time with them. And while you're slowly plodding around, and I'm like, I hate my stupid animal sidekick. Uh the soundtrack is just knockoff off <laughs> And then, like, by you know, hour six, I'm like, oh man, I, I said I wasn't gonna cry, and, <laughs> and then I see them like hug over their parents' grave. The parents died before the game, so it's a it's a different. It's not they didn't die in the game, but oh, I'm like, shit. man. This is the yeah, motion
1: classic finding Nemo. Or...
0: It, yeah. And it's like in, at the end of the game, you end up returning to like your home village. And it's like the hero's journey type thing where you return and things are different. But you're you it's not that the place is different. You're different type of deal.
1: So good old last of us, Two.
0: Yeah. Good old uh, wind waker. Whenever you go, you leave with the pirates and then you come back a hero. Outstanding. Yeah, but uh good game. I have a question. No, well, actually, no. What's up? I have a question.
2: <laughs> um, I really, really want to know more about Fallout be- beyond like Fallout New Vegas. Do you recommend me going back? Because I heard Four is Garbo, but do you recommend me going back and playing like three and two and one or like if- is there an order? Like three is really you know,
0: good. Three is good. Played, I
2: haven't played the other
0: ones. Okay. Four
1: is Four is fine.
2: Yeah,
0: if you're gonna play them...
1: If you're going to play them, you should play three first. because if you play 4 and then go back to 3, you're going <laughs> to have a hard time. You're going to have a hard time. Because there's so many quality-of-life things that happen in 4. 4 is so much more streamlined. It's a lot less of like a very gritty RPG. Even though Fallout 3 is not a gritty RPG either. It's also a very streamlined RPG. But it's like, once you go from looking at, an, a, looking at a container, instantly knowing what's in there, being able to take it instantly, and then walking away, and then going to fallout 3 and having to click on it have the open screen load up click on something then back out because there's nothing you actually want and it's slow yeah. like that gets so grating after a while really? it's almost like okay. you know when you play red dead redemption and like he yeah at the first four hours you go and you slowly pick up the can and then you grab the rabbit by the ears and you grab it by its neck and you wring it to death and then you slowly pull its skin off and you're like wow it's so cool and immersive the first two times and then you're like oh no you know what I mean? I think you could turn yeah. them off in Red Dead or skip them or whatever but it's like you it, these little things start to really add up like in your brain even though it's really yeah. not that much time.
0: I think one of the biggest differences is just like doors in the overworld because it's like there's not a like I don't think there's that many places you can actually like walk into in the overworld of 3. Everything's yeah. a loading screen. Like everything's a door to it's like Oblivion where there's like nothing that moves in the overworld. Like yeah, you know, doors you're either swing in the open.
1: overworld or you're you're in an interior, and the doors in interior spaces aren't loading screens. But the the doors leading out of the interior space at back into an overworld space are also loading screens, uh, except for like a couple of cities, I think, where they okay. do have interior doors oh, that all are
2: kind of space. like Skyrim in that
0: case. Yeah. yeah. Yes, four is a lot more modern. Okay. okay. Definitely. Gotcha.
2: Good stuff. Thank you, guys. I appreciate that. I deleted Planet of Lana from my my list. Now that you said
0: you that. are better off, it is not worth your time. Go play Limbo.
2: I, yeah, what yeah. I would say, I would inside. I love those games
1: every time. Because you know, you said you saw it on a on a review of someone you trust. I'm like, okay, well, maybe you should play it because Philip has been playing a lot of them. I know, I know because I've been seeing what he's playing all the time. But it's and it's also like you can go and in, go into YouTube and just watch a, a playthrough, like skip somewhere in the middle and be like, "This looks interesting. Maybe I should play it." I think almost everyone should start doing that because I've, I've started to bounce off of so many fucking games and like, it's it's starting to grate on me. And I know this is like just a specific you know problem for me because it's like I play so many fucking games that. I start to see the fucking matrix after a while. Like, it's like, okay, I know it's like Phillips is describing the, that game and beat by beat. I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah it's just like this. They're doing this. Mate, they're you doing can,
0: that. you know, the game, like, you know, yeah. it. it's, you move the crate, you jump on it. The platforming's is really janky. So it's like, most of the time when you die, it's just because I'm you're like, pumped. Oh, I guess I just didn't make the jump.
1: It's like, oh, it's limbo, but at the beginning it Ori's a blind forest, and then in the middle you're going to have a Metroid, uh, Metroid Prime, break. and then at the end you're going to have a Last of Us Part Two, and I'm like, okay, gotcha. I know yeah, exactly every fucking beat. It's it's so it's so rough because it's it feels like mean, and I know it's coming from my bad mood, but it's like if I I just I'm so done with like just spending my time on games that aren't going to like have some kind of effect on me, you know. As i'm, well, sitting, you're I'm playing... looking
0: for that's i valid. want to feel something i want to feel like you're, you're playing too. cookie clicker
1: yeah well that's the thing i don't have to play cookie clicker i just look at it every now and then and i'm like okay cool <laughs> that's good everything seems right and then i and then i go do something else
0: those cookies are still clicking
1: yeah it's like i wonder how the diablo story is because i've noticed nato- i've like most people don't when they play action rpgs like this they don't play they don't read the story you know what i mean And so I've been trying to listen to it, but I've slowly just kind of gone back into my cold, you know, I'm listening to podcasts again while playing this game. And it's I I just don't have the capability, I think. I think I just need to know that I can't play everything and enjoy everything. I think I just need to understand that and stop taking it out on these
0: games. (laughs) I think you raise a good point with the watching like a Let's Play of it or something like that. I could have watched like if one of my favorite YouTubers was playing uh lana i probably would have enjoyed it better watching them experience it and had the same feelings or just be able to skip some of the more obnoxious slow puzzles of slowly yeah. moving a crate across a lip like a, a river as i have to go back and pull a lever and it's just mindless puzzle solving I don't
1: know. yeah and sometimes games are it's just the wrong time like it makes me it reminds me of like prey or like you know, Dragon Age Origins is is a better example because that's one of my favorite RPGs of all time. I probably played that game like eight or nine times, and I didn't get it until like the ninth time.
2: Really, when you I
1: kept playing it. I kept playing. Well, I, so here's the thing: it was back You're in like, high school.
2: There, but I don't know what it is.
1: It I, something so here. The thing. I was in high school, and so I was like a notorious gamer in high school. And the 360 was huge back then. Everyone had a 360. We were all playing all the Modern Warfare 2 and Halo 3 and stuff like that. It was a fucking party. And I was the kid with the most gamer score in the whole school. So I was, like, fucking Yami Yugi. You know what I mean? Like, people oh knew me. And so I was King the gamer the guy. I was the gamer guy. And, like, I had a couple of friends who were, like, we fucking know you would like this game. You just need to sit down and actually read and try to learn. Because it's not it's a, not a, a an easy game to learn if you haven't played games like that before. Yeah. And so I just had to use a guide i just was like i'm gonna be a warrior just a tank and i'm just gonna not die because it's one of those games where if your main character you're controlling dies then the game is over like persona 5 you know yeah and so it's like all you have to do is not die and then eventually you will pick up on how to play the game and so it's like where was i going with this oh so uh games uh sometimes games it's just not the right time for them and, like, you're not in the correct headspace. And some, and it's, like, it's not to talk down on people who, like, exclusively play Limbo Clones. You know what I mean? Because that's cool. You can do whatever you want. And I also forget that there's always a new wave of... Every fucking week, there's a new wave of gamers coming in, playing a new thing. I I got this whenever I was listening to a... I was listening to a podcast talking about the Xbox Showcase, which we'll talk about later, I think. But it's, like... So one of the people was really up on seeing starfield before the showcase. And I remember when I watched it, I was like, why the fuck is this here? This is wasting my time. Cause we're about to see a long thing of show of starfield anyway, but it's like, there are people who aren't interested in that nitty gritty, like deep dive into the thing and just seeing a highlight reel of the game. They could see that before the, the end of the show. So they don't have to sit there for another hour. And I'm like, Oh, yeah, I forget that these people exist. You know, I forget. I some You just get so wrapped up in your own, like, world that you forget that there are people who haven't played Limbo. And so when they play Child of Alara or whatever the fuck you just talked about, that's that could possibly be their Limbo. And I don't know. You know what I mean? So yep. when I start screaming about how this game fucking sucks, it's like it's not that it sucks. I'm, I mean, I never exclusively said that, but it's like you can get this experience in so many different ways but i forget that i've already had these experiences and it just i don't know for me and philip it's like we know what's going to happen and philip is playing this just in case he gets something profound out of it which he didn't which we both could have predicted very easily but it, and it's like i'm just trying to tell philip man you got to i was fine with hard space <laughs> you're playing all these <laughs> damn indie games. I'm okay but, with you yeah, playing
2: art space. The thing is, the thing is, Nate, I think like you you not like the things that you're not accounting for is the X factor of most indie games cuz yeah, it could have that like that type of art style, but if you just jump into a game and you have no idea what it's about. Like when you played Signalis for the first time, a game that like for all intents and purposes was your game of 2022. Did yeah, you have yeah. any idea what that game was going to be before you loaded it up and started playing?
1: I I knew it was a throwback to Silent Hill and Resident Evil. I heard it from Mister Maddie plays off of Defining Duke. He's the one who who was like, "This is my game Pass pick of the week. This is probably my game of the year. Everybody needs to go play this." And then he was like, "I don't want to spoil it, but this is like Resident Evil, Silent Hill, PS One." And I was like, "Sold," because I love I won I won a good one of those games. And the reason why I like Signalis because I I know what you're saying, but Signalis is very different from the thing that Philip's talking about. Where there isn't this is a new this is a market that's underserved. Whereas Philip is playing an indie game in an oversaturated market. Not that like you know what I'm saying. It's I'm not like trying to dunk
2: on you. Oh no, for sure, for sure. No, I just it's oversaturated in the sense of it's like a it's an inside limbo clone, but yeah. to the extent that it's like an indie game, and so for a large population of people who just like see some cool art on the cover, or they like watch a quick video and they have no idea what the mechanics are going to be like until they watch actual gameplay footage. Oh, it's 2D side scroller, random mindless puzzle solving. Then at that point, you can check out. But I just think that's like for for a large part of like when people do engage with indie games or at least the way that my mentality is is i like going into it completely blind and that's such a delicate balance from like a developer yeah. and a public standpoint how do we give them how do we give our audience or our potential target demographic just enough information to know that oh this is enough to lure them in or or like are we going to show them too much and they're going to be like fuck no i'm not playing that because there's been plenty of games where that's happened I mean, I've seen them in in showcases, like, like the crew Motorhead or whatever the fuck, like from Ubisoft. I am never touching that game because (laughs) what? Yeah, (laughs) Forza Horizon Five at home. We don't, we don't need to go play that stupid Ubisoft racing game, right? So it's, I guess it's just, but it's, it's even harder for indie developers. Because they don't have think tanks that are like multi-million dollar corporate strategy like people that are coming in and saying like curating whatever video that you're cutting up for your A release. Like they just have to like put something together, hope that it lands and hope that they're or at least like they've done their homework to know that there is a decent market out there for it, I guess. What
1: I you know. just said just reminded me of Philip. What was that game, the the spooky game in the Xbox showcase about the water?
0: Oh, in what lies in the deep, the deep is yeah. what the water so- is deep.
1: Yeah, something like that. <laughs> the t- the title's bad and forgettable, but um,
2: still wakes the deep. That's what I 20 said. 20. Wakes the
1: deep. Yeah, he said that those four words in the combination of 15 words he said somewhere. But um uh, so me and philip were pretty high on this game and but i think it was because it didn't show that much it showed you the vibe it showed you like what it was you can tell it was indie artsy trash but me and philip love that shit we love the horror spooky vibe but like i listened to defining duke just earlier today and they were both very down on it because they were like we have no idea what the fuck this is they just showed a yeah. couple screen but i'm like but that's the thing you don't want to know and th- these games are going to be short like very personal experiences and that's like designed that way it's designed for people who enjoy this they're going to see this immediately know what it is and then want to jump into it and then people who have apps who are like very uh like uh unknowledgeable about the video game ecosystems and tropes and stuff like that they're going to watch it and they're either going to be like ah that doesn't look like call of duty i don't care or or anime waifus or whatever or they're going to be like what was that i need to figure out i need to like go to the ign article that's going to come out about this and figure out what's going on and yeah. I think I think you're right because that's a weird. I don't know these ads that these ads and stuff. They that's a hard needle to thread because the, you you talk about like S- Spider Man. I've seen way too much of Spider Man. Why do they keep showing me Spider Man? Everyone's already yeah, sold on Spider Man yeah. or Final Fantasy. Pretend? There's a hundred yeah. fucking hours yeah. of Final Fantasy content out there. I'm like, what's left for the, to, what stories left to be told? But then again, you go to watch that 45-minute-long thing of Starfield, and I'm like, I could watch more of that. I... In fact, the very last second where they're like, because everything in Starfield that we've ever seen looks kind of like semi-realistic, you know, all this cool stuff. And the last second of the showcase, he does a fucking force push, like a magic attack. And I'm like, what? And then they're like, we have even more stuff to show you, but we're done talking. So, and I'm like, wait, no, come back! Like, are you joking? <laughs> like, so much. Their
0: like, controller.
2: It's I mean, so, it's so weird that needle. You know, that's exactly, and it has to depend, and obviously, like, that's the difference between the magic of like showing and not telling. And that's exactly what Bethesda did at this this showcase. They they showed you everything while of course while they're telling you, but like they showed you exactly what you could expect. And they also showed you the breadth of what you possibly could do. Like them even like alluding to the idea that like, well, I load in as a pirate and I like basically joining the pirate syndicate and not joining with the space Nazis or whatever and, and, and doing doing They're you Nazis. know bad shit and like blowing people up in space. I take an attack centric approach to all of the time when I'm on worlds or planets or whatever. Like it's such an interesting way that they they produced it and developed it and i was already sold on this game i was like you give yeah. me a space game the moment that todd howard last year came out and was like yeah you you can fucking dogfight in space i was already sold i'm i am the guy i'm the space guy that wants to build his little spaceship and then fly around and completely dissociate from reality and and spend like you know a thousand plus hours in that game um and i just like i think that i mean that's the reason why like they sold me that's the reason why i bought the collector's edition but yeah it's um it's a, it's a hard thing to balance, but it's much harder, as you were saying, when you get down to more niche titles, too. Uh, especially when you start dealing with something that's more, you know, indie geared and they're trying to go for an aesthetic. Like Rollerdrome. Like, I think Rollerdrome was a really interesting example of a game where I was yeah. like, for all intents and purposes, I should love that game. Like, that game should hit all of the right notes for me because they have really cool music and awesome mechanics. But I never touched it because it was a Sony exclusive until it wasn't, I think it was it was third party for a while. I I think it is a third party publisher developer, but it was like a timed exclusive with Sony, and it just it hasn't come to Game Pass, and I don't expect it to come to Game Pass anytime soon.
0: Um, I've never heard of this know. game. I'm looking at it now. It looks cool. It looks cool. It's a shooter on rollerblades. Oh.
2: Yeah, yeah it's like Tony like Hawk. Shooting. Yeah, it's like almost. Yeah, exactly.
0: Tony, We're not Hawk, Hawk. Tony Hawk. I was
1: thinking of a uh, the spray painting game. Why am I the for Sega? Sega Splatoon. spray painting games. No
0: inklings what are you are uh, you joking
1: on roller skates the game that this game is inspired by <laughs> help me what is it radio name? radio jet jetting radio jets at radio Jetset radio.
0: Jet radio, jet radio.
2: Woo! Okay. we did it Radio jets <laughs> where are we dropping next
1: jet Set radio i think we at the end we'll fuck we're done with this conversation but we circled around right at the end where it's like i it's the it's the fact that it's a limbo clone that phil played yet again i think i just want something to play something unique how many so he doesn't come back and played? be like
0: dude there's so many like i didn't mention <laughs> it in my games of have been playing but i started opus uh the ultimate star song full bloom edition or whatever which this <laughs> i've only played an hour but it is shaping up to be anime limbo only instead of playing as a small lost child in a scary place, you are a uh, uh, in love spaceman in a scary environment. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anime boy as well. You're you're really handsome. That's fantastic.
2: Yes. I love anime games. I just recently downloaded Honkai Star Rail on the Epic Game Store, so I could do anime thing third per, third person action anime things without it being Is that a co-op
0: impact. By the way
2: wait i don't know i haven't i haven't booted it up yet okay isn't that yeah, game coming yeah. to
1: playstation though
2: no it's uh it's it's everywhere it's on it's on pc it's also on playstation i thought you could get you it on, on your phone
1: are you sure i thought i, I, I like, thought it just got announced it was at the ps showcase wasn't it
2: no honka
0: star Rail. honkai, honkai star rail is definitely third party i think it's a follow-up to Genshin, like the same people
1: I, i'm saying that i think it got announced in the playstation showcase I'm almost oh. a million percent sure. Because oh, I remember seeing that and going, You can fucking have that mobile game. Do what?
2: Yeah, it definitely it definitely was there, but I'm it's like it's like third party. It's multi plot for sure.
1: I don't think it is. I don't even think it's out.
2: What? It's definitely out. It's it's actually been out for a minute. Nasty Nate was talking about playing this earlier.
1: On the PlayStation?
2: Well, it might not be out on PlayStation, but it's definitely out. Yeah, on that's TV.
1: what I'm saying. Okay. The release date's coming. So it's not, it's not even, it doesn't even have a release date yet. I don't even for know what I'm, I don't remember what my original, yeah, for the PlayStation. It's been out for like mobile and stuff forever.
2: I don't yes. see anything in the page, Philip, Uh, that it's saying that it's co op. Bummer. Extinct worlds, riveting RPG experience, compelling allies, tactical combat,
0: right. top two co-op voice actors. Yeah, Genshin's co op. Which I feel like it's so weird to have a single player free-to-play microtransaction game like I, I, that doesn't make sense to me as you
1: well i was gonna say as you play dragon oh, ball z fighter player. or
0: whatever That's it says pvp player. is like the main goal in that are you both really good at playing
2: Gotcha games without oh paying God. for Gotcha games yeah, yes Pelops i've never spent master. a dime Damn. i get
1: i get tired of playing and i just start spending money oh you <laughs> and then i realize, <laughs> oh i
0: didn't play the game
1: I'm spending money to not have for the fucking fun playing the game and I I lose the plot.
0: You got you got lost in the sauce, Nave. All right, let's keep this moving. Nave, what did you buy this week? Nothing. Nice. Nick, what did you buy this
2: week? Uh I said it multiple times in the show, but for those of you who dissociated when I said it earlier, I purchased the constellation edition uh that comes with a a a digital copy of Starfield. And now I'm starting to think, "Oh no, no, no yeah, yeah." So I get it. I'm going to get it way before the actual launch, but I'll have like a little watch thing, but then I get a digital download code. It comes with a steelbook, an empty steelbook that I know everybody in our community is super, super happy about. They're like over the moon about getting like, you know, empty steel case booklets. I really don't give a shit. I probably will find a way to display it on my wall at some point uh but yeah and then and so there's that and it comes with a bunch of other stuff i'm not 100% sure everything that it comes with but all i'm excited about is it comes with that super dope modular case where you like pull oh, the box and you twist yeah. it yeah and Dude, it, it looks so it. cool the it box is what i want <laughs> yeah exactly. i don't need the watch i want the box <laughs> yeah the box is amazing and so yeah the watch i don't know if the watch is going to be on like the same quality of like those samsung smart watches it's definitely probably not going to be as good as like an apple watch because those things are super expensive. But um I'm can still looking
1: very...
2: at it. No, I should. Like I
1: should. I I'm, I'm. pretty sure they have a whole website page dedicated to like what it can do. Because really? I think the Dukes were looking at it, but I don't yeah. know. I never looked since I don't. There's an, I I can't afford that. I, I have mad. alcohol and, and concerts to go look at.
0: Yeah, I'm very busy.
2: Also, good listeners at home, I showed Philip this, and obviously, we're not a video podcast or audio only, but I am holding up my box with my ROG Ally. It came. In the mail today so i'm very excited to stop podcasting and then mess with this for a little bit for the rest you of my should
1: day. mess with it while we're talking just like i, I, to to games I, like,
2: and I like podcasting for real for real nave not playing cookie clicker oh get him! i have I fucking adhd you just have to focus it's an interesting ableist folder. it just has <laughs> interest so you just have to be interested nave
1: i no, because if I get interested, I start just rambling for fucking 20 minutes straight. I have to, like, there's a line I have
2: to follow. At least buy a mouse that doesn't loudly click every time.
0: Yeah, so it. loud. <laughs> <laughs> you, the clicks That's constantly.
1: I bought it because of that, because I like it. I'm like, oh, yes. Oh my God. Clicking sounds. Yeah, we can't Ooh. hear it. We can't hear Nick's mouse. His mouse is good. I almost bought a mechanical keyboard. So it's. <laughs> loud All
0: right. Uh, news and updates. We were actually uh, featured guests on the Elder Trolls Xbox Showcase podcast, where we watched the whole thing and then talked about it. Uh, Xbox came out swinging solid B+. Hell yeah.
1: I said an A. Solid
2: but...
0: B+. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I I was checking the clock after I've, every video. Uh, I'm like, why is this so long?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Philip, would you say that you suffer ADHD as well?
0: No, I just get bored. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't watch I'm not a trailer guy. So that's the other thing is like, I'll just play I, the game. I, yeah. He doesn't like to be really advertised
2: to cinematic trailer. It's like biting into a juicy burger. Love it.
0: I mean, I was playing fire emblem on the side, so I missed a couple probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that covers the news. Like we'll link that down below. If you guys want to go listen to us talk over there, it's mostly Nave going ham about the industry again.
1: Yeah. The industry. I, I kind of ran everyone over and I felt bad about it, but it seemed they seemed like they were happy about that kind of thing. So I kind of have a reputation in our little podcast circle of just being a fucking loud person that can't <laughs> right. shut up. So I, I kind of just did that over there too. I was really excited for it for the show, and I was really happy to see a lot of the stuff that was there. It felt like that showcase was directly made for me. For eighty percent of it, there was a lot of shit that I didn't care about, but I mean, that's always going to happen. So I, I, yeah, I definitely. Yeah. So I think I think like I could say that it's it's like a B a regular B at the lowest, and I feel kind of weird if anyone says anything lower than that, but, I mean, it's everyone's their opinion, but it's like, yeah. I, I'm going with, like, regular A, but that's just because I saw so much Atlas there, I saw fucking, uh, I got to see, like, a Dragon 8, I got to see... Uh fable, like what the tone of that game was gonna be, I got to see avowed and that art style I got to see the 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 amazing art styles of the clockwork game that uh, well, uh in exiles making and the and the art style of the compulsion games, which I'm worried about because I don't think compulsion games makes good games, but they did definitely make a very artistically striking uh game for me, especially i I love this really southern like Louisiana kind of style of like okay of like environment i loved the blues i loved the giant uh, creepy voodoo man i i, I was, was like
0: voodoo Stop man midnight. yeah yeah it stopped midnight right
1: yeah yeah and it, of course no game no hype so we don't know what it is but that was just an announcement trailer so i mean they're forgiven unlike hellblade who's not forgiven they can go fuck themselves i'm getting tired of seeing this game and not seeing what the damn game looks like just saw, show me the fighting
2: gameplay in the very beginning though
1: no What's i don't care play? about the walking around gameplay i don't <laughs> yeah. care about it <laughs> i'm so tired like does this game have combat like That's i'm starting is- to believe that it did, they turned it into a walking sim
2: it should it should have combat but, it still, but i mean okay. a walking sim might not be that bad uh, here's what i'll say here's what i'll <laughs> say my palette i won't come out here and say that i have the most discerning palette in the world when it comes to video games but I think I have a very unique flexibility when it comes to games that have vision, and Hellblade: Senua's Sacrifice, the first game, obviously, is it, something that like is steeped in creative design, in vision, and the actress who plays Senua is like fantastic, especially for her that being her very first role. And I recognize that the combat is repetitive and jank and kind of goofy, silly, and that the mechanics don't necessarily work uh but if like those are like kind of very very small complaints for a game that had incredible story and like writing and just visual storytelling in general. Wait um, so but no.
1: you're you're hitting on exactly why I'm upset about that trailer though. Is that the the combat wasn't great? The puzzles kind of sucked. Like, but and so it's like, what is going? Is, is any of this going to be addressed ever? We've seen this game like what four or five times now in a very extended like, oh, like Christ, way. I, mean,
2: I thought this is the only second time that we've seen it. If I'm not mistaken, I,
1: I think we've at least seen it three times. We saw it. We saw it when the when the Xbox Series X was was announced, and then we saw it like two years ago at least, and then we saw it now. So that's three, just right off the top of my head. I think there was one more time when they showed it off because they showed off like the locations that they've been shooting and stuff like that to get photorealistic areas we and stuff.
2: Some like developer things where they like yeah. have come and talked about the tech that they're working on and stuff. But, but
1: exactly what you were saying like the with the combat and the puzzles, it's like why haven't we seen anything yet? Like why do they keep showing up and go like they literally came out and we're like, you know, last time we were here we showed you some cinematic stuff. Here's some more cinematic stuff. And then I'm like, because uh, as soon as they said that, I'm like, awesome. We're getting gameplay. This is what I want to see. I want to see what you do in the game. I don't want to see her look beautiful and be emotional and stuff. Because I know that she's going to do that. Like I know that you're yeah. showing me shit I've already seen. I, yeah. There's like a whole movie's worth of hours of, of her being emotional and looking amazing. You know what I mean? But like, it's like the Forza shit. Like how many times could you just show us cars and you know what I mean? A car into the stage. These- <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I'm of course I'm, I'm being hyperbolic, but I really am getting a little annoyed with them. And I was like, okay, so when is this game coming out? If we're not seeing any like actual like combat or puzzles or n- anything, and they're like 2024 still, and I'm like, okay, I guess let them cook, but it's like. I'm getting a little worried because this game got announced when the Xbox Series X came out and we're probably getting close to the fucking mid-gen refreshes.
2: And I'm like, what's going on with this game? They might have a developer like direct like they had with Starfield and they might be like, this is like all of senua's sacrifice or senua saga or whatever that you've been looking for and it'll yeah. show the gameplay and like a little bit more like puzzles or how they've implemented better des- like game design into the puzzle mechanics
0: for it yeah did. they want to steal the hype of uh but again that's Starfield. like but this is the thing is that i
1: don't want an extended showcase of this game in particular they could have done a sizzle reel and just had some combat in it just like they did for like two other games in this specific showcase and it's like, because this is this it's different from Starfield, which is this giant, open, do-whatever-the-fuck-you-want kind of game, where this is going to be a very linear, personal story. I don't want to see more and more and more of this game. Like, we were just talking about with the indie games. Yeah, right. It's like, the more I see about this game, the less I get to personally experience. I just want to... It's like... And I know the moment they shot the combat, it's going to look like fucking, oh, it's a third-person action game. I don't know what I was expecting. But it's like... <laughs> like but you but exactly what you were saying the combat was a big cross craw- stuck in my craw i almost would have preferred a sinuous sacrifice was a fucking walking sim
2: okay okay but let's let's take a step back here though let's take a step back nave best case scenario say that xbox game studios came with a little a little label maker and they made a label that said creative director and they strapped it to your forehead for hellblaze sinuous saga yes. what would you do with the action
0: the the combat same as last time it was good enough.
1: I would send
2: a spy into Sony
1: and specifically into Santa Monica, and I would make them just get all of the code for God of War. Yeah, the and then I would reskin Sinua's Sacrifice. <laughs> re-skin God of War. It is literally the same game with the same environments, just with new textures and with Sinua instead. It just plays will, a, It's a mod.
2: I will say that it's so funny that you say that because you're the only other person that I've heard say something similar to that, Nave. But I played God of War, and I know life God of War. I beat it in like two weeks. 65 hours or some d- bullshit it was psycho i don't know how i did that but then yeah. i played senua saga right after that and they literally <laughs> are addressing the exact same like nordic north like mythology and lore yeah. and gods and i was like oh is one informed by the other or did they like talk at some point like what's going on here it's so funny because even more than 2018 they're dealing with all those gods yet again and i was like oh i know that name oh i know that name oh we're going back to Helheim. oh that's sick let's dope i've already been there <laughs>
1: yeah i would love that i would love the action to be a lot more impactful i was on play along and i talked about this a while back for in a get wrecked episode where we talked about spec ops the line and this game and i might have cried a little bit because i was going through a lot at the time and this game is very emotional and so um uh i i i I talked about that in in there where fuck dude what was i just about to say yeah okay i lost it then i don't know what i don't know what i was about to say uh, go listen to that get wrecked episode, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I, I said I was going to say something about that, but I, I think yeah. it was about the combat or something. I don't remember.
0: Anyway, sorry. We're do our elder trolls, 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 trolls showcase. Yeah, let's move this along. Yeah, like, that the elder trolls, 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 trolls,
1: trolls showcase is going to be awesome. That's a fucking fun time.
0: Let's thank our patrons: insane cracker, Nick and Knight, Hopple, Michael Superbacker, and Galactic like Pinecone. We're still working on the side episode. We'll get to it eventually. Just please hang in there, dear li- dear patron listeners, and Nick. <laughs> aye aye captain alright so I got a new segment that I wanted to bust out just for our little discussion series since we are doctors here which please refer to me as Dr. Phil from now on uh, Nick since you're our honorary newest doctor guest would you like to pick somebody that we can help can I call you Dr. Beatty or do you prefer Dr. Phil I prefer Dr. Phil okay wonderful what was your question again I uh, would I gave you a list of people that need our help yes, as yes. doctors I see that okay
1: personally send it to him
0: no i would like to to do the one that's
2: off the top uh because this is very fitting because we were just talking about red dead redemption uh so so dr phil dr nave uh i'd like to do the uh a the the, the, am i the asshole for wanting to
0: name my son for a video game character sure i'll i'll read this one out yeah
1: i want to read it but i don't know where it's at
0: here i'll link it to you directly
1: oh it's literally in the doc Okay, Here I, I
0: put it just you can go straight to it.
1: Yeah, there we go. Philip knows how confused I get. <laughs> what does Ida mean? Oh, am I the <laughs> asshole? Okay, yeah. acronym. Got it. It's all over the fucking page. All right. Uh, Am I the asshole for wanting to name my son after a video game character? My wife, 26 female, and I, <laughs> 27 male, are both big gamers. We actually met through playing a game together online, and it's important to us. We're expecting a baby boy in October, and we couldn't be happier. This will be our first child for us. And the first grandchild slash what? What? nibbling on is. both sides of our families. I think it's a typo. So they're pretty excited to meet him, too. Here's where the problem comes in. My wife and I both greatly are both greatly moved by the story of Arthur Morgan in Red Dead Redemption 2. We consider him one of the best fictional characters of all time. I've been playing video games for a long time, and his story is the only one to ever make me cry. It was my wife who suggested that we use Arthur Morgan as the first and middle names for our son. Not only would we be paying tribute to our favorite character, but there's nothing wrong or weird about the names other than Arthur is a little old-fashioned now. <laughs> Suck it, Philip. Yeah. But it isn't <laughs> but it isn't as if we're naming our son Sonic the Hedgehog or Donkey Kong.
0: All right, pause. My mother- Real quick. Okay. Do you guys think it's weird to name your kid Donkey Kong?
1: Yes, it's just so donkey, I can like babies. Yeah, <laughs> just
0: to see where this is gonna go. All right, so we're all reasonable people. Establish sure. our credentials. All right, continue Absolutely. on, Doctor Nave.
1: Did you see that one? There was a there was a post about like if I get a thousand a million likes, I'll. My wife agreed to name our child Optimus Prime.
0: Yes. Yeah. Okay. I think, I, it, did, it like, I think it worked too. I hope so.
1: <laughs> my mother and brother. That, my mother had a brother that died when I was about a year old. So I don't have any memories of him. Am I on the same?
0: Yes, yeah, you're you're right.
1: going. All this right. is relevant. All right. I had, okay, so I don't have any memories of him. She's been pressuring us to name our son after him. There's nothing wrong with this name either. It's pretty common. I think it's like Robert John.
0: <laughs> pretty common.
1: <laughs> <think>? Pretty common.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: It's it's a supervillain name. It's two first names. Terrible. <laughs> it's, not, it's just not what we wish to name our little sprout. My older brother let slip that to our mother, that the name we chose was from a video game character. And she completely flipped out. She actually drove 30 minutes to our house so she could bang on our door and berate us in person for honoring someone who doesn't actually exist over her flesh and blood sibling.
2: Brutal. He is
1: her flesh and blood.
2: Yeah. Cause yeah. it's her brother that died. Yeah.
1: Okay. Got it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I understand that she still misses my uncle. But while this, is, while this may be her grandchild, he is still, first and foremost, our son. We already think of him as Arthur. This, uh, that's going to be the name no matter how she feels about it. When we tried gently and then firmly to advise her that we respected her position but that we weren't going to budge on ours, she walked out and told us that she would have nothing to do with our son and would never acknowledge him as family. Virgil. Hmm. Am I the asshole for not making my mother happy and just giving her a freebie on this? I've nope. actually always had a really good relationship with her, and it would hurt badly to not have her in my life or my son's life. My wife says that as parents, we are going to have to learn to advocate for ourselves because people are always going to be telling us we've done something wrong and and disagreeing with our parenting decisions.
0: Hey, there's a lot going on in this post. A lot of there's family a lot. feelings. A lot of dead dead brothers dead uncles and uh just a good reference to a good old boy in a red dead see i haven't played all of red dead too but arthur morgan is he a good guy at heart because he does some rude things in the beginning
1: you can he has a character arc but you're mostly in charge of how mean he becomes
0: Mm, i see Um, see. my
2: understanding my understanding is that you know when when you're dealing with arthur um Again, yeah, exactly as Nave said. It is adaptive to the way that you play him. It is very, like, the game itself is very role-playable. But I don't think, I like, Arthur's story, if you take it the way that, kind of, that the developers that they gently kind of push you towards, which is just being a dude that's stuck in a bad situation that has to make do with what he has at hand, like, his his story is pretty tragic from everything yeah. that from everything that I understand and I've watched everything I've read everything I put like 40 50 hours into the game before I put it down but like the ending from what I understand pays off in such a huge way Um, and like the ending it kind of subverts every expectation that you build up as you were going throughout the game and kind of it's like it leaves you feeling a little bit empty inside but like it's a very good representation of what happened to people like Arthur Morgan in the Old West at that period of time so it's Honestly, it's an achievement in and of itself at that front point. But talking about this post right here, there's a ton going on. But I will say is that what this guy, this guy's wife is right on the fucking money. And he's he must have had a really good partner. He chose a really good partner to you know have a child with, get married to. Because she's absolutely right about you have to learn as parents. You have to advocate for yourself because everybody is going to try and give you advice from all directions. People are coming at you telling you what to do because they have opinions about how you they you should be raising your family your children i'm sure as a father yourself philip you've probably been in that situation many a time um but realistically like they you can feel strongly for fictional characters like there are people who are literally in love with characters that are performed by real life actors with the understanding that they know that those those like are actual actors on the screen, but they love that character. They love the person that Tom Hanks plays, or Tom in fucking force. Con- I don't know. I don't know. What, whatever you want to say, whatever celebrity like character that's like super famous, people fall in love with those written characters, and it's just as important. It's the exact same thing when it comes to you know video game media. There's no different from TV and movies, other than the fact that it's even more immersive. So you even feel deeply attached to it. So. If it made him feel that much, and and Arthur is a good name, it's exactly like he's saying he's not naming his kid fucking. Very common, or yeah, or or you know Bowser or something silly (laughs) like that. Solid snake, yeah. You're not naming your kid solid middle name snake. Um, So there's nothing wrong with saying that I want to name my kid Arthur Morgan in my book. And the fact that like his mom is saying that that she's going to disown them and their family and stuff. Insane. That's that's insane to hear as a person who like has gone through some tough family shit before. But like at the end of the day, if she's going to be that way, you're better off saying like, deal with those consequences yourself. And then also be comfortable with like not having this entire part of my family in your life at all. Because when you because when you cut people off like that. You always regret it in the end people people do that all the time and they regret it or they get stubborn and they'll go years without talking all that sort of thing and it's and it's very sad but um I mean like what are you supposed to do what like what are you supposed to do when a family member approaches you with a situation like that
1: i I think that i have I had like five things going on in my head now there's um, a lot here but so I think that there is a you can meet this person in the middle because I agree that I think that I think that obviously the mother's being very um emotional about what's going on and a lot and some people just have no control over their emotions about specific things. I yeah. think that there's a sort of compromise here where I think you can name the fr- give the first name Arthur and then have the middle name be Robert or John. Yeah. Because you can know that That'd Arthur is named after Arthur Morgan. You know, and like you would know that Arthur John Beatty, you know what I mean? Sounds kind of cool.
2: But It's your kid, you know, and the the problem is, is that she's projecting what she's doing is she's claiming she's claiming that grandchild of hers by projecting her love and her feelings and her regret over having lost a brother that she had earlier. And then she's going to basically turn that kid into her little brother, which is fucked up on a lot of psychological levels. But people do this a lot. A lot yeah. more than you than you realize, which is it's pretty insulted. normal. Also, fuck you to the brother that decided that they were know, he's he's let it loose to tell the irrational, probably the mom who has emotional issues, and we've known about she's had emotional issues that this is from a video because he's he's the one that's side fault, really. He's the bad guy here in the situation.
1: Well, I mean, that, I don't know, because that guy it just sounds like he's that was like a stray bullet. Like I did, I'm I'm assuming he said it not knowing that she was going to be hysteric about it. Because Mm -hmm. I usually try not to tell my parents things that are going to upset them. Like, I just don't bring up politics around my dad because I don't want to hear a 50 minute long rant. And it's like, I. It's very strange, but I think that if because this person said he has a really good relationship with his mom, and this is really like one of his first times that he's really having a falling out, he doesn't want her out of his life. So whenever you have family members, you especially family members that you really love, including your wife and your child, you are gonna have to make compromises. I think that you can't expect people to just you can't just not meet someone halfway. Sometimes, like if I I, I know that this is kind of like a small thing, but It might. One thing that I had in my head was how many how many grandchildren does she have? Is this the first one?
0: It seems like like the first one.
1: So I think maybe the fact that it is the first one is like something that means a lot to her. And I don't know if this is something that she had like discussed with them before. And he was like, yeah, sure, maybe. Because I do that all the time. I'm like, yeah, Philip, I'll be on at six. And then I just fucking forgot completely right after I said that. There's some things that you just don't know that are important until it's too late. And you've already broken that promise, you know? Like, ask my ex. I've done it a million times. I have a horrible memory and I always commit to things. It's like you have these, you have these like sticking points with some people, and everybody has these sticking points. And it's hard to express because it's this might not be about this, also. There's a whole nother like uh, level to this where she could have something going on in her life right now, and this is just what set her off you know what i mean and if you don't handle this delicately this could in, for, in, irreparably damage your relationship with this person that you love and care about with this family member that you can't separate from yourself so you'll always have that tether that's withered that piece of cancer that you can't take off because you, it's it's always it's it's in a spot that would that that would make you not you anymore
2: you know and i i i don't have patience for people in our parents' generation that are in this position. I think that when you become a grandparent, you can be that grandparent. You can be someone there. Like, your role is to be supportive for your children and to help your children be in the best place that you can be to raise. Not to do all this shit where you try to control other people because, like, by, like, you know doing machinations or whatever like you know taking taking the money or anything that gets involved with it or or projecting your own personal experiences on it because because for all intents, unless it's a situation where the grandparent like needs to step in and take care of a child because the parents are clearly like not taking care of it or being like abusive or whatever of course there are a ton of situations like that but for For situations like this where it's kind of this is what i would typify as normal family drama it is not in her place to tell anybody what they should name their child, especially not her kid. Now she can say like, Oh, like she can explain to her kid, like, Oh, I have this brother. Like, you know, obviously like you, you remember uncle so-and-so and and like, you know, no, I don't remember him because I was one year old, but like, you know, you talk about this person throughout your life and, you know, you make it clear to your, your children, Oh, like this person means a lot to you. like, that's something that you can say. And if you're and if you have that relationship established with your children because you've been there for your kid throughout your life and you supported them throughout their life. And then as kind of like a an acknowledgement or something like that, they want to say, Yeah, mom, I'll, like I'll or dad or whatever, like I'll I'll name the kid, you know, Arthur or, or Robert or John or whatever you want to call it. That's something that is that is the choice of the parent. But at the end of the day, it's always the parent's choice to do that. And the fact that, like, you're you're supposed you're supposed to be the the one that's being the bigger person as a grandparent in this issue you're always supposed to be the one that's supportive and taking the higher road or giving people like wisdom and advice from the years that you've learned not trying to actively like make things worse for people who are already going through a tough time having their very first child because it's it's hard i mean Philip, you know yeah Yeah. obviously but i have very strong opinions about that because it's like it's about self-efficacy and it's about like maintaining that you know hey i'm an adult and this is my kid and of course like you want to make sure that the relationship like is still there because you want your child to have a relationship with their grandparent at the end of the day you still want to maintain that for them at the very least but at the same time if like the grandparent in this scenario the mom here she's obviously clearly going through something but like she is an adult and it's on her to go go to therapy or go talk to somebody professionally about this not put all of these bad vibes on her 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 child i think
1: yeah i mean i was never on the side of she's do- she's doing the right thing i don't okay. i obviously the mother's it's having some obvious. kind of emotional problem but it's like there like i was saying before there are better ways to go about things than just to completely write somebody off over i don't it's like i guess i just don't give a fuck about a name you know what i mean like, I'm just like, okay, I I'll, I'll, I want Arthur, we can compromise, Arthur, John, Arthur, Robert, Knave. Does that sound fine? It's like, it, you have to understand that, like, when somebody's emotional, they're not thinking logically. When you're having a, when you're in, because if she drove 30 minutes, and she's still, and she had all that time, you know, on the down road down. by herself to calm down, and she got there, and she was still uh, erratic about it, then you're not dealing with somebody who's going to be reasoned with, and... Yeah. Yeah. especially if she's like over oh, this one thing i'm d- I'm going to completely uh write you out of my life it's like I don't know how much she means that because obviously we're only seeing one side of the story here but like you shouldn't just immediately go i like w- what you were saying i you should be the parent you should be doing that because she's not gonna hear any of that she's, she's it's it's just going to be. Uh, combative. You know what I mean. I don't know yeah, if this is sure. because my dad's very schizophrenic, so I'm really used. To, I've I've always had to deal with these situations where I have to very ca- cautiously like walk him back from something dramatic, and so it's like I don't know what's going on specifically here, and I don't think that I just don't think that immediately going with these uh, stand standing your ground combative. Uh, dialogue tree option is specifically the way that you should be going i think maybe you should try and calm her down and then at some point later down the line figure out what you're going to do and again she shouldn't be like dictating what her grandson's going to be named because that is like a step too far but if you have to understand that this is like a really obviously a really sore spot for her and you can either like hey we can compromise or b we can like i'm gonna do this thing and you're gonna have more grandchildren we're gonna be able to do this like we have to figure out some kind of middle ground because he obviously said he said in the in the writing that he doesn't want her written out of her life in fact they have a good relationship and so it's like you can't just
2: I think I care a lot more about what I would name my kid than you do. And I think that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. I, I like, I like genuinely, that's the one thing. It's I, I, again, you know, of course when children get old enough, they can choose whatever they want to call themselves. Of course, because again, self-efficacy, but as a parent and as a, as a person who in my life, you know, like that's just like, that's one thing that I've thought about as, as a young adult, like, you know, being in the end of age now, definitely where I'm sort like thinking about kids has become increasingly on my mind. Not that I'm in a position to do that at all, but like still, you know, you, you always think about that sort of thing. I, I, you know, I have for a long time thought about what I would name my kid and it's, it's definitely not Donkey Kong. And it's I don't know. <laughs> Crogdor, right? <laughs> yes. Crogdor. Correct. But like, I think, whatever I do land on, I would land there because I thought about it a lot. And for somebody to come in and tell me, no, 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 you're not going to do that. When clearly like what I've decided upon and what I've thought of means a lot to me. Um, that's it's just, I mean, it's disrespectful in, in a lot of different yeah. ways. Uh, that's, that's, but you're right. You always have to, when it comes to family stuff, you got to use the kid gloves. Now, I the think question,
1: it's interesting because oh, like, well, go for I it. Think,
0: One thing we really need to hit on, though, is is it because it's a video game character that set her off? Or do you think it could have been anything else or like just because they chose a different name than Robert Johnson? I think it
2: was more because they didn't
0: choose the dead brother's name. I think that was the main
2: thing. And I think that the fact that it was based on a video game character made it worse because she probably, from what it sounds like, is video games games as like an art form.
1: Well, so, and, and before we get too far away from what you were saying before, like with your kid and naming it, so you were saying that you would, you would think about it a lot and it would mean a lot to you what that was named. So you would be upset if your mother came and was like, Hey, I want you to name this, this child, something different. Right. Yeah. Is what you're saying. So, but how would you, so how would you feel whenever your child is like, I want to change my name because this name you gave me is terrible. The name that you, I, I hate this name. I And you thought so hard about it In the back of your head Like how would you feel Like Philip how would you feel yeah, If Arthur one. came to me And he's like I'm so no. upset that you called me Arthur Because everyone keeps going You know And singing the yeah, Arthur tune Jingle to him You know <laughs> and For the him. record
0: Two of my children Have chosen their own names Like oh, uh, really? Yeah I have two girls That we adopted From the foster system And when we got them We asked them If they want to change their names And they said yes And so I Like Oh so that's we, why your youngest
1: Is named Dig Doug
0: oh god i wish but uh old dig dug baby they chose their names to... and they were not specifically like names like we thought of. because of course we instantly thought of like what names we got to name them and they are eight years old and i think like 13 years old at the time so we're like hopefully they don't choose something bad and my kids ended up with pretty good names uh my oldest uh, she ended up just taking like a shorter version of her name and my middle child uh she wa- she wanted to be Emma which it's it's fine because that is such a popular name for girls in her like cohort she has eight Emmas in her class so it's like uh, i guess this is what she wanted to be called and i just imagine having this many well nick you might know there's probably a lot of nicks i feel like i know a few nicks know a good handful of nicks there's yeah. a lot of austins as well
1: yeah yeah. yeah. Which is why yeah. Philip calls me Knave, is because there yeah. were a lot of Austins and there were no Knaves. So, um, you know, all right.
2: It's funny. I only know one person in my life personally whose name is Austin, but I don't really interact with him. You're the only other one, Knave. Maybe it's a but southern thing. It was how I was introduced to you.
1: Yeah. We're very yeah. close to Texas, I think.
2: Yes. <laughs> <Very> <laughs> but I mean, Texan. what I'll tell you is that, again, like exactly to, to your question, though, if a kid gets old enough and they decide that they want to legally change their name, and they're at that age where they can legally do that, or if they want to do it beforehand and they need like a parent or guardian, if I can tell that it's not, I mean, of course it's conditional and all. And you, Again, I talk about self-efficacy too, but I think that if a kid is old enough to really think hard enough about it and they're like, wow, this name is really impacting me negatively. It would be great for my mental health if I was able to call myself something I want to call myself. I don't have a problem with that. What I do have a problem with it is people who are outside of, of the kid. And then the direct parents or guardians coming in and then trying to tell the parent or guardian what to do with the kid. I think that's something yeah, that bothers me, because it starts with a name, and then it goes on to other stuff, a lot of the times with other people, and, I, and it becomes yeah. a little bit of a snowball in some cases. And I've heard really bad stories yeah. about how things like that have ended up. So um, So yeah, I'm, I'm very much anti, like, you know, outside. Direct family involvement when it comes to like household stuff, but if a kid really like you know, if if obviously they're old enough to think about like you know, be you know, conscious enough to realize like, hey, I want to name myself, you know, (laughs) a stranger or Leon Kennedy or something like that. (laughs) Kennedy would be such a move. (laughs) You want to name yourself? Well, let's let's go to the the office right now. I'll I'll rename you Leon. I'll sign off on that.
0: You know, kratos get in the car. (laughs) <laughs> exactly so whenever I, I put all these up i thought this was gonna be a fun segment but this got really heavy really fast yeah I'm i thought so that was sorry. gonna be funny philip
2: super heavy my I it was. It's, my it's my fault it's my fault
0: i think we might have a little bit of time no, maybe you want to pick a different one
2: it's not
1: your fault because this isn't funny the only funny part is like we're not naming them donkey kong and i'm <laughs> like yeah you're right yeah but the whole rest of it is like i'm ha- my my family <laughs> life is falling apart i'm like i don't know how to make this funny I was reading it in a funny voice at the beginning,
2: and then I just trailed <laughs> off towards the end. Yeah, I mean, are there What's, are there funnier ones, Philip, that you want to? Uh, let's see. Them? Let's All see.
0: We still have to talk about open worlds, right? I know. We might not have time for that. We'll have yeah. to do some more next time. So let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and hit the meat. Music plays.
1: There was nothing funny about that, Philip.
0: I know. <laughs> <laughs> That was not funny because I read a lot of these. I think I got desensitized after a moment or after a while, because I feel like I read like three hours of, am I the assholes trying to find ones that I think we could talk about? And, uh, I really wish you didn't pick that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I think that highlights why I like having Nick on the show so much though, because he'll actually disagree with me. And then we'll just sit there and have a disagreement for a little while. And I'm like, I like that. Thank God. Somebody will stand up to me.
0: I'm looking at a lot of these are so many family related ones now. Now I'm just worried that it's just dysfunctional families and video games having to be involved. I
1: mean, well, I just happen to be like an or expert in
2: video it. games, just break apart families. That's yeah. That's what, what it's looking it.
0: like. <laughs> and we're back open worlds. They're a mythical realm that you can disappear into for hours, but you might ask yourself, what is an open world in video games? So we play a lot of video games around here. And you can, we, we see the matrix as Nate would say, we can be like, oh, it's this kind of game or it's like this. So like, I kind of just put out a list of like the major types. So boys, feel free to jump in. If you think that I might be missing the point on some of these. So like the major types that I kind of thought about were like the linear ones that you're just, they're hallways or levels. This is like your doom, your super Mario bros, final fantasy seven remake. Most like first person shooters, like halo and everything. Yeah. Not counting New Halo, Halo Infinite. That one's closer to open world, I would say. Yeah, it is. Which there's a lot of blending in these as well. The next kind of type I would say is like Zones, which includes games that have like hubs or overworlds. This is like your Dark Souls, your Ocarina of Times, Mario Sunshine and 64, and like Final Fantasy VII Classic, which has an overworld that you can like travel around in, but it really is just like an extended hub with like kind of like random encounters thrown in, at least that's how I see it. And then we get okay. to open worlds, and these are your Elder Scrolls, your Breath of the Wild, your talks, your Far Cries, Elden Rings, even we call it that, yeah, <laughs> your Red Dead Redemption's. uh One that I really thought about for a long time was Yakuza Nave, because I think that's an open world game, but it is so condensed. World. Yeah,
1: it's a weird one because it's it's a very small open world, but also uh it's 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 a linear experience as well. Where when you are doing the story, you are still not allowed to roam. I don't know if that like counts. Well, not really, because I am thinking about Grand Theft Auto and stuff like that too. In their missions, it's the same. yeah, the missions so are like mind. scripted,
0: like limits. But once you get in free roam, you are in free roam.
1: Yeah, you are right. So it's an open world.
0: So why are open worlds even really a thing in games? I've come like, I try to like just brainstorm like why they have them. And I think it's because it is like technically the most immersive. They can try to make a game like max immersion. You see a mountain in the distance, you can climb that mountain probably, especially if it's a like Elden ring or a Skyrim. Like, yeah. There's a low amount of invisible walls. If there are any at all, they're on like the very edge, edge of the map in Minecraft. There's not even invisible walls. You just keep going and going and going. It gives the player so much control and it's, it is like the ultimate AAA like technical marvel that have a giant map. You'd be like, look at all the stuff we can render from five hundred miles away. Look at Far Cry, where you can take a helicopter and just fly across the whole map. Like, why do you guys think that so many developers choose to go the way of an open world?
1: Honestly, I think it's because it's easy is in it this easy? day and age. I, I yeah, it's because it, it's just procedurally like it's, generated. Is it? Especially in Far Cry's the case, yes. The maps, the map general, the general like zone is laid out, and then they procedurally generate things, and then they populate it with physical things. That's how almost all. That's almost how all open worlds are. That's how Fallout Three is. That's how
0: in Fallout Three, so much of it is then handcrafted later on. Like when they place all the little brushes and objects inside the vaults. Yeah,
1: but is that well? Well, vaults are different. But think about the cave systems. Whenever you enter the caves. How many caves can you think of, like, specifically? How many unique caves can you think uh, of?
0: Yeah, especially in uh, Oblivion was really bad at that, when there was only, like, yeah. eight different caves. And you're like, oh, this is a this is the round cave with the canyon I, in the middle.
1: I think because it is kind of flavor of the month, and it's like there there's this stigma of, like, the longer the game, the better the value, which is completely fucking false. It is. Everyone's shaking their head right now. So. It's like uh, the... Uh, it, I think it's it's a similar thing where you see these indie games doing procedural generation stuff, where it is kind of a flavor of the month choice as well, but it's also easy. Procedurally generated think content means that you can extend the extend the value of your game with minimal effort, and all you have to do is make sure that it doesn't accidentally like start conflicting with like you have to have a good uh a good uh, program that procedurally generates what you're trying to do, where mm-hmm. like you could find these games like. Uh, I don't know Binding of Isaac, which is fantastic at procedurally generating content, and then you have procedurally generated content that's like Inscription, where it's not there's not a lot of content. It is just randomizing the encounters that you're running into along the way. And we've had stuff like that for the longest time, and in gaming, and it's a it's a similar situation with the open world uh, genre, or not genre. I wouldn't even say it's a genre. It's like a type of game.
0: Yeah, pretty much.
2: Yeah. yeah. I think I chose or go ahead. I'm sorry, Philip. I I, to to answer your question, you know, directly, I think everything that Nave said is true. Um, 100%. I think uh, that there are aspects where developers can fall back on AI a little bit in order to help them fill out their game. And then there is this exactly as he said this concept that you know, the bigger the better. Yeah, let me spend 120 hours, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, baby. Let's go, let's have you go around and do shit. But I think. It's interesting because those newer Assassin's Creed games are a great example of a developer taking the concept of the open world. And obviously, because of Breath of the Wild and elden ring and tears of the kingdom we've seen this renaissance of what it means to be an open world now and open worlds no longer are like you know let's run around here and then like you have cities that you go into where you can talk to npcs and you know have relationships and have a morality system baked into there but then you like you go out and then you just go like raid dungeons kind of like diablo um it's a little bit more complicated than that and i think that they're putting a lot more emphasis on packing out especially when you talk about like Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom, packing out content in every square inch to create a level of emergent gameplay that will arise, almost kind of like to the extent where it's like it's open world, but it's a little bit of an immersive sim in the same sense, depending on like how you want to approach it or how you want to play it. And I think that that gives creators and developers a lot more choice and it gives them a lot more bandwidth to do something weird, to do something different that you haven't seen before um and something that could potentially like hit and land and establish new ip and make tons of fucking money and print you know print copies forever like uh, skyrim so i think yeah. that, that's one of the reasons why
1: well that's i want to touch on oh, fuck man nick you fucking say things that just get my noggin jogging man i need to start like <laughs> writing down things i'm gonna not be able to hit all the points i want to hit now because I have like five of them, but Breath of, uh, Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom are, are a good example of what I'm talking about, where yeah. think about how you say, you say that, you, that you have this like, ability to have this emergent narrative, in this game, but I would I would argue that these two Zelda games are a lot more physics and gameplay driven than most open world games as you would generically think about, like you said, Assassin's Creed or like Watch Dogs or something like. Well, what's more modern, Far Cry? You know, these games that have the there's it's not as physics driven. You do have emergent gameplay where a fucking tiger shows up and suddenly kills people, but I mean, that that can be programmed to happen randomly right mm-hmm. yeah, uh yeah. breath of the wild i want I, I just kind of like think back on like breath of the wild's actual content and how and the world and the world was while it had things to do and if every square inch almost all of it was like korok seeds or something like that you know what i mean it's not mm-hmm. like act very it's not very engaging and it feels kind of open or it feels kind of uh barren if you like really start to examine it that it can be fun and you're not supposed to go do all of it you're supposed to be like okay i'm done doing cork seed stuff and you go and explore a mountain or something but then think about tears of the kingdom where it's using the same map but they all that development time that they spent in breath of the wild developing that map they spent on upgrading that map changing the map altering it adding those floating islands giving you these new abilities to use in this yeah. exact same sandbox the one of the games that i want to point out is yakuza and kamarucho specifically where you keep coming back to this one city it's one reason why people like compl- one a specific sect of people complain about in yakuza that you're always coming back to kamarucho and it's the same town it's the same city it seems lazy but it's not lazy because every time you come back to it they've been they They've changed things they've upgraded things they like uh there are there are different like uh there are different things that they can do with the extra development time that they have in this game and it's slowly becoming better um you compare that to like far cry you know I don't know why I'm dogging so bad on far Cry It's the only game I could <laughs> fucking think of but like in far cry you have no ever you never have a reason to go oh what's over there?" You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's that game. The game philosophy is a lot more waypoint based. It's a lot more checklist based. It's mm-hmm. not Ghost of Tsushima. You know what I mean? Where you're following the wind and like you're following the fox that you saw. You're you go to a map point. You bloop. You put a pin there, and then you follow the GPS. And that's how. That's what I mean to talk when I'm talking about. It's easier. Uh, there. I think there are always going to be these exceptions for, for games, like the exceptional games like Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom, Elden Ring, obviously, where the developers go above and beyond the, the Call of Duty to, to improve on this genre and push the genre forward. But I don't know if that's going to necessarily move the bar with open-world games w- with how easy it is to procedurally generate content Uh, in the modern day.
0: Well, if I were to bust in... Do you guys have any reaction to when you see a game is open world? Like, I know whenever I see it, I I still am suffering from open world fatigue. Like, I see an open world and I I inwardly cringe, where I'm like, oh man, I already played Skyrim. I've already explored the explorable. Like, I hundred percented. I don't know sleepy dogs or whatever. Like, I don't need another massive world to explore.
2: Yeah. I can't. I can't agree with you more, Philip. Uh, especially when it's from a less than at platinum triple S tier triple A developer. If you have people that are coming out like double A developers, um, for example, like the the team like Don't Nod. Like if Don't Nod were, was to come out and say, "Oh, we we made a a narrative driven open world game," I would throw up in my lap <laughs> if, they, if they said that. Like I I. Especially when they don't have a pedigree of doing something like that, it's very very risky. I think that it was one of the interesting things about Gorilla, um, Gorilla Interactive, about how they came from, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Killzone, and Killzone yeah, being very much zone. like still in the same vein of Halo and Ten in terms of like it, you have your levels, you go through there, you you play the game, you beat the game. You guys might have more experience in Killzone than me, but for yeah. them to do that and then go into um, Horizon Zero Dawn, which I bounce out of my initial playthrough because I was like fuck there's just too much bullshit there's too much stuff littering this map there's too Pick many to do things list. To do all the time but then again Nave said this earlier in the show when we were talking about the Xbox showcase it's always about where your mind space is when it comes to open world games for me that i found if you're in a mind space where you're like fuck you know my name is dr beady and i've played 10 hours of Honkai star rail in genshin impact and i played doki doki literature club and i'm fucking tired of anime game if you went and then transitioned and you're like i want to try something different and then you opened up horizon for forbidden west your palette would be almost instantly cleansed because you'd be presented with this completely different type of gameplay, a different core philosophy on the gameplay mechanics. And so I think that's where it is. But like generally speaking, open world games are largely misunderstood by both developers and publishing studios because they just think, oh, bigger is better equals more money for us. Publishers more than developers, I think. Of course. Do you guys agree?
1: I think that... I, I mean, yes, I do agree. I, I also, But I think that whenever we are looking at the open world genre compared, to, or not genre, but style of game compared to like zones or even linear games, you are looking at a lot more of a curated experience and a, a lot more of a directed experience. Like when you're playing The Last of Us, you, you can't have The Last of Us in, in a Horizon format. You know what I mean. You get sure. The Last of Us, and it is a very cinema. They they're specifically designing things to where when you walk around this corner and you're going to be facing this way, and this thing is going to happen. Very similar, right. like how horror games like Layers of Fear and stuff. Specifically, I want to I want to touch on the very first Last of Us game. There is a moment where I've spoken about this a million times, but it's so impactful to me. This is a very special moment for almost everyone who's played The Last of Us, where. You raise up a ladder that you've done a billion fucking times. That's all you do in Naughty Dog Games is move boxes and raise ladders and climb on fucking one white line that's going everywhere. <laughs> that's all you do. But uh, so you raise a ladder for the million time, and then uh, Ellie climbs up there and then she goes, <gasps> and then she accidentally kicks down the ladder and you're like, oh God, what? Because like something happened. Like you've raised this ladder a million times and suddenly she gasped and knocked the ladder down. So you quickly raise the ladder and she's not replying to you. You're climbing, you climb up as fast as you can because you don't know what the fuck just happened because this is after a bunch of fucking serious shit just happened. So this is the perfect time for her to get stabbed in the face or something. And so, and then you get up to the top. And there's a beautiful scene with a giraffe there. And you can't do that in an open world fucking situation. You can't emergent gameplay, that gi- beautiful scene where they see the giraffes and everything. That can only work because they they railroad you into making that ladder sequence over and over again so that they can pull that rug from you and then have that amazing subversive uh, moment where there's a it's a game where it's always sad and shit is always going bad and everything's wrong all the time and then suddenly something seems wrong but and then it's beautiful and that is why that giraffe scene is so amazing because they're able to do that with that curated linear experience and i think that these developers expect to be able to have this last of us type of situation while having an open world like kind of if you give the player the opportunity to Mess up the artistic vision. They're probably going to do it, whether they are trying to or not. And I love the I love the comparisons to uh, like horror games when speaking about this stuff, because the worst thing you can do in a horror game is give the player control. And if the player has too much control, the game can become no longer scary and they can become immersion breaking, even though what yeah. you're doing is adding immersion. Like, if I can open every fucking cupboard and play with every cup, I'm gonna <laughs> do that because yeah. I don't know what I'm supposed to be interacting with or not. And yeah. I don't know why, but indie horror games love fucking doing this shit. And you know what happens? It's a classic that always happens to me is I walk into a room. I'm immediately looking at the, looking for fucking key items and then something goes, Chang! And I'm like, I didn't see what was scary. No I was looking at the floor.
2: That's exactly what you were saying in our Dead Space Remake review, how you were talking about you broke the immersion in Dead Space. And that was what it always gets me every time, because I am always terrified out of my mind when I play Dead Space. First of all, because I believe I like I have suspended disbelief in the Ishimura. And I like and I, I put myself in Isaac Clark's shoes. And I just like really like I like zone in when I'm playing that game, which ratchets up the fear level. For me for sure, uh, which is amazing. But then again, like you were saying, especially like when you mess with the difficulty levels one direction or the other, if you make it impossible and like one hit, you're dead. I was like, Oh, that's kind of silly. But then like you go it down to like story mode, and you're literally a walking tank and you're one shotting like (laughs) necromorph left and right, and it's fucking dope, dude. That's a total power fantasy, honestly. But it's not a horror. It's no longer scary because you're not scared about keeping Isaac alive or getting him through that situation so you're right the more control that you give you know one interesting point that I do want to I want to touchstone on while we're on this topic though that I thought was really fascinating that Capcom recently did with Resident Evil 4 is that Resident Evil 4 famously is like one of the most directly linear horror like experiences horror you say horror like with quotation yeah. marks here, action, experiences yeah. like action goofy experiences with like you know bad people and plagues and zombies and stuff but the really really interesting thing that they did with the remake is that there's a section where you go and you fight this lake monster and right before that or right after that i believe it's actually right after you fight the lake monster you get a boat and then they have a semi-open world in the section where as leon you can go to different parts of the map and choose like where to go maybe farm some stuff explore a little alcove here maybe get some you know more pesetas here and there maybe find a new gun in the middle of the lake like really really cool stuff where it was like um they were like hey let, let's try something different here and what it helped do for me is it helped lower my anxiety levels? Because playing Resident Evil 4 is a really stressful game for me because I'm not a great gamer. Um, and they like <laughs> purposefully like design that game to be like very high stress when you're trying to complete like the objectives or get Leon through the map or like kill the enemies and stuff. And so being able to take that moment to breathe after you know beating Del Lago and then just get on my little speedboat and just cruise around this little Spanish lake and you know kind of do stuff at free will that was a really breath of fresh air until i finished everything and i was like okay time for more main story and then i was ready for it yeah I think you raised I think- a good
0: point of like how mixing these together can really benefit because like we talk about open world we talked about fallout 3 earlier And some of the best levels in Fallout 3 is not necessarily the overworld, but the vaults when you get in there and you uncover the history of the vaults and what happened to the people there. Like, oh, this vault, their whole thing was plants and the plants are out of control. And there's, I don't know, is there like plant zombies or something? I don't even remember. But like the open world almost seems, I don't want to say like outdated because they're still making games like Starfield that are coming out. But I feel like it's not what I I want in my games. It, It might just be me personally but I want a tight vault experience.
1: I think that in order to do open world games correctly, you have to lean in. You have to lean all the way into it. And I think that's why Starfield's going to be great. I think that famous last words, but I think that that's why Elden Ring is great. That's why Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom are great. It's because they they set out to have this immerse, like immersive experience in a uh, in in the sandbox, rather than trying to have a a a, uh, a curated experience in a, in a free uh, a free system for the for the player to use utilize right like yeah. I think uh, with Tears of the Kingdom being so physics based, Elden Ring being exploration heavy, and then with uh, Star or Starfield, that's going to be a immersive RPG that that game is going to give you the freedom to be a smuggler or do whatever you kind of want to do at any point in time and you can do all of it right you can do whatever yeah. you want at any time um you don't really you don't usually play these Bethesda games for the main story and which is what Philip was hitting on like some of the most memorable parts of Fallout are like the vaults and the vaults are explicitly very linear uh experiences so I don't know. You can have these curated experiences in open world games but it's I don't think it'll ever be as impactful. Um, it's, 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 It's good for discovery but I don't think it's going to be as impactful as if you're going into a linear experience to be told a story. You know what I mean?
0: It always raises some weird narrative problems too with like Breath of the Wild how you spend 50 hours just goofing off while Ganon's still fighting Zelda in the castle or whatever. But I do think Nick nailed it with the, uh, like the pacing. He needed that pacer there in uh, Resident Evil, and I think about Oblivion and Skyrim, and you spend a lot of time just exploring or walking to map markers. Yeah. And honestly, the the dungeons aren't that great. It was basically just like fight through all the monsters, get all the loot. But you had those quiet times of walking until you're randomly attacked by a wolf or you know Daedric princes. But yeah. the walking was just like a calm time for you to train your athletic skill. I don't know. Like, well, the, it's a strange environment.
2: Yeah, and the interesting thing is too is when it comes to games like what I can assume with like the older Fallout's, and then um, you know stuff like Skyrim, like the Bethesda Oblivion games, the the Elder Scrolls you know titles. Is the, the thing the thing about those, especially Elder Scrolls, more specifically than anything else, is that people. They've written so much lore in story over like a long time because the Elder Scrolls has been about way, way longer than it was a video game. People have like fan fiction about like the Elder Scrolls universe for, you know, like you could read yeah. like yeah. that exclusively and like not finish all of the stuff they have out there for years and years and years. But, so what's interesting about when you they design open world games like Skyrim and they talk about you know different you know places like winter Winterhold or um you know some the solstice and some of these other you know areas of the the towns that they design on the map, the cool thing for me was like imagining like taking a moment to imagine myself as this character in that world, but it's also nice when game developers when they're designing open world games where they don't beat you over the head with like you're in fallout 5 and there are fucking you know ultra white ring evangelical cannibals and they're coming to eat your face off you know what i mean like they don't like beat you over the head with inferences like they do subtle things with the environment to infer what's actually going on in the story or what is the history of the place that you're in that's why i love it in video games especially open world video games that are well crafted when i can walk into a room or walk into a building and go to a corner just go to a random corner in the architecture and look at the design. Look at the elements. Look at the things that they crafted there. Some of it, yeah, like Nave said, maybe procedurally generated. But then some of it is like exactly as you were talking about, Philip. They like, you know, folded some scrolls over. Or you, the classic that everybody always talks about. The guy, that the skeleton that you see sitting on the toilet. You know, because yeah, he got the classic by a blast. You know, doing doing those like environmental storytelling bits are like, Where people can get in, really get in their bag in open world games, or they can absolutely fail at it and just completely lose their audience because they're just
0: not doing it in the right way. That was pretty well said. Uh, Just real quick, like what, like this is the hardest part. Is like I want to try to identify what makes a like we've been we've been rehashing this for a minute, but what makes like a good or bad open world? And I wish there was like one key factor to nail it down. But it's such a nuanced, I don't know, like game mechanic, because so much of the open world is it usually brings in so many more mechanics with it. Like we talk about fast travel or exploring map markers in the to do list, uh, and like if you're in a survival game like Minecraft or something like that, then you're gathering resources and then it's inventory management. It's like whenever you see an open world, it usually is carrying all this baggage with it. Or uh, one thing you didn't mention is like level gates or level scaling. Like that was one of my biggest issues with uh, like in points of contention is like if you look at Morrowind, there's no level scaling with the enemies. It's just some areas you will get fucked up if you go there. If you walk like in was it like far no Fallout Three, there's like the the radiation planes with monster death claws everywhere, right? Like if yeah. you go there, you're gonna get messed up. Whereas like if you look at Oblivion and the game's just flat level scaling, you can go anywhere you want. And you'll be fighting mud crabs to so level, you know, five. And then you're fighting bandits in leather armor. And then you're fighting the bandits in glass armor at level 10. And then it just feels like what's the point of leveling up if, I don't know, everything just levels up with me.
1: I think, I think there's one thing that you're talking it. about right there where, like, when you think back on the old Final Fantasy games, they also do this. Not, not they, It's even more explicit because there's only a specific kind of area where you can go and then you need the boat. And then you need a chocobo, and then you need the airship, and then you need the. You, and so, like, the, the uh, there's always like these gated areas. And I think that. I don't know. There's so many different ways to approach an open world uh, design philosophy. And I think what you're trying to hit on is like what I was saying before, where it depends. You have to lean all the way into it. You can make an open. You can go for making an open world that you can play in, or you can go with trying to tell a story in a big generic area and they're like like i said with the exploration focus or the physics focus or the gameplay focus the narrative focus it's like there's so many different ways that you can go about it but there's a reason why people are so fatigued with it and it's because there's so many of this there's so many of this of similar experiences out there right now where you play something like Majora's Mask is I don't even know if we would consider that open world That's-
0: I think it's always more mean, yeah, yeah. But you can go anywhere in Majora's Mask as long as sure. you have the items the it's,
2: yeah yeah. Um, I don't know so what I would say because I know I know we're running short on time Philip but what yeah. I would say to kind of like address your point and kind of like wrap it up is that I you know this has been said and this is not a new take or not an interesting take at all but I will say uh, I blame Ubisoft a lot yeah. for open world fatigue, the far cries and the the, the assassin's, assassin's creed I mean, um you know when you the the problem that you get into is that you want to make this really cool open world like historically accurate or like you know fantastically accurate a believable uh fantasy world and then you, you litter that map with icons and stuff and it's like the idea is the selling point oh look at all this stuff that you can do but the opposite it has the opposite effect where as a player you're just overwhelmed at the end of the day, and you're like, wow, I just like I have all of this stuff to do, and I don't feel like if I and I, or I get the sense that if I don't do all of it, I feel like I haven't completed it. Again, I sometimes fall into that completionist mentality, and then other times I'm like, I don't give a fuck. And it always has to do with like the game. Um, whereas they've gotten a little bit better about that; they've gotten a little more cognizant. They listen to their community's feedback on stuff like that. I think that you know when you when you typify like the bad open world games it's the ones that do that and then shamelessly don't reward you game playing the game redfall i'm going to come back to redfall as an example i've talked about this on numerous shows now redfall is a great example of an open world game where the developers actively punish you for playing the game and really
0: got yeah. me and navy to play that one
2: absolutely i think you guys would have a blast honestly and i would be really interested to hear your take on it but i think a a good example and and of course i I forgive me for my you know sony you know shilling over here but I, i think the great games are the ones that give you options and they don't overwhelm and they point you in directions that you can go that will lead towards story or narrative that are fulfilling that do pay off one knock that i will always give against ghost of tsushima is that the main story was incredible the main storytelling that they put in there was great. Yeah. Every single side story was the dumbest fucking shit that I've ever played in my life. Oh, <laughs> got him. Oh, no, the Mongols are here. Oh, oh, no, the, they stole my sake. And it's literally yeah. just like, go here, something happens, kill Mongols. That's literally all the side story ours. The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, conversely, is a game where it's like, Oh, I see an icon up here, and I just finished a main story. Ah, I, I need to get some experience, so let me just go check out what's over here. And then all of a sudden, you're in a like a pitted death fight with a vampire that you didn't know existed, like three, or they didn't even know it was in this part of the world. And so it's the the subversion of expectation and the surprise and constantly rewarding gameplay. Numbers go up, armor looks cooler. That's where you find good stuff in open world games.
1: I think you, you that was a good thing that we've been dancing on the periphery what I'm about about to say but I think a good gut check that you can always ask yourself is would this game be better if I didn't have to go from point A to point B if it just chapters it finished chapter 8 we're doing this now like would Ghost of Tsushima benefit from the open world being taken away where you just immediately spawn in the next area and it's like here's the next part go get them
2: you know what I mean Yeah, exactly that's a great example of a game where it's like you take away half or 75% of the optional content and you got a, you got a golden
0: ticket. So imagine if all that development time that went into that useless side content, if they could just pour it more into the core experience, you think you would have some better games out there.
1: A lot of them, not all of them though. It's like Yakuza is famous for having the this the insane side content. You know what I mean? Well, I wouldn't exactly say Yakuza was an open world because it's like immediately attaches it to games like Far Cry and shit. It's such a, because it, it's it's more a you're going, you're just doing the missions, and then you do have an area that you can explore where you can play Pachinko or whatever the fuck you want to do if you want to blow off some yeah. steam. Like you were saying, it's like, there, there's always that Del Lago lake area after the boss fight. You always have that to go back to, but yep. uh, you are genu- generally playing a linear game, unless you want to do the side content and stuff. Um, some games really want to kind of tap into that, but I don't know. It's such a weird, nuanced fucking topic, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and I really wanted to talk about it because specifically in our uh, Xbox Showcase with Elder Trolls, you mentioned like, when you were talking about Starfield, you really got me thinking about these overworlds, these open worlds. That's not overworlds. These open worlds and what they mean to me. And I thought this would be a great topic to get on, but Honestly, after our discussion, I feel like this is such a, like I said, a nuanced topic that I'm, I just want to see how Starfield does it, honestly. Like the way they talk about landing on the planets and each planet being generated. I'm really excited to see how they do it because however Starfield does it, I feel like it's going to set the industry almost like depending on like how they go.
1: That's a good point, because I literally just just tweeted a couple of hours ago that Obsidian, so I retweeted, Obsidian says that Avowed's scale and scope will be close to the outer worlds rather than Skyrim. So yeah. th- so, Obsid- so Avowed is not going to be an open world game, it's going to be a hub-based game, and I t- retweeted and said, love it. And I that's kind of like my opinion, right? Like I mean, that's my opinion it. on all of it.
0: Alright, we are going long, so at this point I want to thank Dr. Nick from coming out yeah absolutely thank you.
2: Out. thank you so much yeah. they, my esteemed colleagues Dr. Dr. Nave and Dr. Phil um, I'm so happy to be here um, I'll see you at the next continuing education conference
0: yes please this has been my TED talk Nave what are is we playing show, next week
1: Philip is this show supposed to be serious
0: I think so I didn't know it was okay. when I, I wrote out the, the notes but it got really serious really fast
1: it's kind of hard to be funny when you're talking about family issues and then going right into industry talk, I didn't realize how hard it would be to. to All
0: right. What are we you? playing next week? Rise on a Rome or Redfall?
1: Redfall. What? I, I thought we were really. playing Diablo.
0: No.
2: <laughs> All right. We can play <laughs> Diablo. My I guess for Diablo. You can could know life <laughs> Diablo. If you really wanted to, it sounds like Philip wants to play Redfall. How are Yeah. Kind I, no, of. no, 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 redfall
1: literally just got an update i think i'm just i want yeah, i'm pro wait for updates
0: yeah yeah all right, there's all right, a all right. Lot of Diablo. we need to wrap this up how do we wrap this up shit. i don't know do you think i don't know split, <laughs> I didn't write an ending for this one uh, i'm being paged i'm a doctor bye <laughs> <laughs> Paging dr <Doctor laughs>
2: phil